that on Oriental Trading? Was it like a um, a gross of like witch fingers or something? <laughs> um, it was for somebody's uh, shower. <laughs> I was looking up. Um, so pink and blue witch fingers. <laughs> uh, I was looking up little vintage airplanes. So. Oh, that's way cuter. Yeah. I but love Oriental Trading, though. It's so much trash yes. in a huge bulk amounts, <laughs> and I get so excited about it. It's, as our coworker would say, it's a dangerous website to look at. It's true. I also enjoy the magazines, though. It was, like, still one of the last, like, businesses that would send out the magazines, and I felt like, like, you know, when we used to get the Scholastic a Book Fair, <sighs> like, magazines, like, Inject it directly into my veins. And I'm like... Like, I'm such a sucker, too, but, like, they stopped that business model because, like, magazine print is dying. But, like, Avon booklets, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to buy anything. I just want to look through with the potential of buying something. My holy grail was the Sears catalog that had all of the toys in it. And I would go through and I would be, like, highlighting everything I wanted for Christmas in, like, September. Yes. And we could afford none of it. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, um, which is why now I make bad financial decisions and order 125 plastic witch fingers that I don't need just for the rush of it. <laughs> I got adult money to buy child things. My uh, dumb adult decisions to spend child money is going to like the dollar spot at Target and then like also at Halloween, like all of the like trick or treat things that aren't candy. Yes. I'm like, oh, I need. A bunch of vampire teeth. I'm like, no, you don't. Bat- Why do you need a bunch of vampire teeth? You're never gonna put those in your mouth. Doesn't matter. Still need them. And I'm like, but what if I? But what if I need them? And I'm like, what about just some ping pong eyeballs? And I'm like, again, Beth, what do you need a bunch of ping pong eyeballs for? You never know until you need a bunch of ping pong eyeballs and you don't have them. And so that is my. I was just going through my Halloween decorations and I went. There's a bunch of bubbles in here. Why do I have a bunch of bubbles? I Maybe I'll pass these out during trick-or-treat this year. I'm not sure why I bought them. Does your tater tot like bubbles? Yes, they do like bubbles a lot, but I don't need all of the little... St- I have a bunch of bubbles I already. think they do. <laughs> I think they need you to dump that into the water table and have a fun time. My uh, my, This was my most recent um, bad financial decision. I love that. It's like a TikTok of a little boy. He's like maybe like 11 and he's sitting in the car and his mom's like, all right, you got $27. He's like, for now, I make bad financial decisions. And I was like, me too, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, but I uh, it's I spent like your fake and, Stanley, right? Yeah, entirely too much money on an Owala forty ounce tumbler because I can't. I am like the water. I am like on everybody about their hydration. One time, our our former coworker um, had to go to the hospital because she was dehydrated, and she immediately told everyone when she came back, uh, "Don't tell Britta." <laughs> Because she's going to yell at me. And so I I bought this. Here's the thing. I can justify it. It's not good justification, but I can justify it. It's orange. And I haven't been able to find. I wanted an orange water bottle. Okay. I haven't been able to find an orange one. All right. That was like what I wanted. A lot of them had like red or yellow on it too. I just wanted orange. Because I have so many spooky stickers and I want to make it my like Halloween. Okay. Thing. I have so many water bottles and cups and I don't need it anymore. I can't help it. 
if I was like a demon and you were trying to summon me, the things you would put in the summoning circle would be like uh, like a, a tumbler and right. a water bottle, right. but they all have to be above 40 ounces because <laughs> anything less than that is not enough for me, even though I know I can refill it, and I do. Minimum 40 ounces. It's just nice having that big, like, because what you have to refill that a couple times in a day as yeah. opposed to like four or five times in a day. Right. And like my normal is a 64 ounce that I carry that's got all my like D&D stickers on it. And then I have a bigger one that's 87 ounces that I have not, <laughs> I haven't brought it to work yet because I know that male God. coworker is going to dog on me about it. And I, so. I think I would be impressed but also I have to use two hands to drink out of it <laughs> it's so big I have to lift it up with two hands to drink out of it and it has all my like goblin core stickers on it because oh that's very much my brand is like goblin core whimsigoth like if it's creeping cute I love it take me in the forest let me rot cover me with moss <laughs> support your local girl gang of possums and raccoons and foxes so my justification is I needed something to put my Baba Yaga stickers on and my Halloween stickers and I found it, but it was like a $40 cup. So I've been drinking out of it Every nonstop to justify yes. its use. So bad financial decisions. Anyways, <laughs> moving into spooky season, which is all about horror of everyday life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, um, embrace it. Yes. Uh, we are going to discuss here at the Lake Erie Library. Thank you for listening to us, dear spooky viewers. Uh, we will be discussing today movies for the Halloween season. Um, I focused a lot on movies that are very much set on Halloween. I did as well. I mean, there are a lot of, there's a lot of horror movies. We've yes. seen a lot of them. Yes. We love a lot of them. But for this specifically, because when you're listening to this, it is probably very close to Halloween and you're probably trying to find some last minute viewing yep. for your, yep, your for Halloween sure. parties and things like that. So hopefully we can provide that for you today. Yeah, we wanted to focus specifically on movies that take place on Halloween. Right, because to me, you know, you could watch any slasher movie during Halloween and like, let's be honest, if you watch TV like on AMC or something, they're going to show all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, all of the, which is weird because they don't edit these ones anymore like they used to and i'm oh. just like in my head i'm like i'm but a child i can't witness this on cable tv <laughs> but they have like nightmare on elm street they have child's play and they have like all the jason movies oh. so friday the 13th mm -hmm. but those movies while very spooky and like good slasher movies they're not Halloween movies. No, Jason. I mean, maybe it's because of Camp Crystal Lake, but Jason movies feel like very summertime summer, to me. Yeah, and even Nightmare on Elm Street feels to me between summer or like a back to school, even. Yeah, um, I would agree. So, you know, you can watch things like My Bloody Valentine or Leprechaun. Those are both horror movies. But they're not Halloween horror movies. And so there's just something very nostalgic and very intentional about watching those movies. So um, today we are hoping to dive into maybe some you have seen and you're like, yes, completely agree with you. Some of that you haven't seen. And you're like, hmm, I'm interested in that. And um, yeah, hopefully we curate a good movie watching playlist for you. I will tell you, I this is probably the most exciting I get with my... 
I make lists of movies I've watched. I've done this since like 2017 or 2018. And at first it was just like a note on my phone. And then during 2020, I got a little fancy and I got some old school stickers and I put them on a little notebook. And now I like doodle the like titles I watched. But since having a tater tot, uh, my spooky movie viewing has been, it's it's gone from like, I've watched 30 or 40 movies, so it's like a movie a day, to like, I watched I've five. I've watched a spooky amount of Paw Patrol. Yes. <laughs> I have seen the Halloween episodes of Paw Patrol and yeah. read the Halloween Paw Patrol book. You know, so. I was thinking about when we were discussing the Grady Hendrix book and puppets and things like that i i almost it's it's never gonna happen and it's not appropriate to happen but i said like i would want waffle house on my team i also want elmo on my team <laughs> for a horror movie because after seeing his like whole thing with rocco yes, i'm like is elmo is a final girl elmo is gonna make it yes. so maybe just watch some elmo and imagine that sesame street is is a slasher film. Um, I love Sesame Street. I like, do too. I listen. I have no problem with watching that if that's like a thing that's on TV. I'm like, yes. Unfortunately, PBS doesn't do like marathons of it. Yeah. So let's dive in. Uh, thank you again for watching the Lake Erie Library. I am Beth, and I'm Britta. And you've just listened to us for ten minutes talk about a whole smattering of things, but dive into some spooky movie watching uh dealing with halloween and the first movie i'm gonna mention is actually a family film and (laughs) but it is spooky and it is set very much during halloween and it's a throwback to my childhood it's Ernest scared stupid yes i was hoping you were gonna bring this up um so this was made in 1991 it stars jim barney for those of you who are younger I don't know, hopefully you skew about the same age we are, but those of you that are younger who are like, who's Jim Varney? Who's Ernest? Ernest was a caricature made by Jim Varney um, that started off on a TV show and then spun off into these movies. And Jim Varney plays Ernest, who's kind of a... He's a very lovable dunce. He, uh, he's very... Um He's very naive. He's like very just sort of like happy, go lucky, a little bit gullible, finds himself in a lot of sticky situations just because he is just so blissfully unaware. And also for if you are one of those younger people, you would know Jim Varney because he voiced Slinky Dog in Toy Story yes, very in the much so. in the first movie. Was he also in the second or had he passed? I think he was in the second. I don't think he. I know a a different comedian took over Mm -hmm. for Slinky after Jim Barney passed away, but a terrific character actor. Beth and I also think that he's very handsome, which is like sort Uh, of a. He plays in the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Ugh. I love that movie. Guilty 90s pleasure of like, yeah. this is like a not great movie, but I'm like, everyone should watch this. It's silly. It, listen, it's a great movie. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, so anyways, let's talk about Ernest Scared Stupid. Made in 1991. It's essentially Ernest is in this small town and he unwittingly unleashes these evil trolls. There's a curse that's put on this small town that the descendants of this reverend that like traps these trolls in this tree 
is going to get stupider and stupider <laughs> each generation. So then they cut to Ernest, who is the Reverend's descendant. And he unwittingly unleashes these trolls by carving into this tree with this tree house. And so these trolls, who are horrific looking, are essentially gathering children to complete this like curse. Right. And the trolls are, the special effects are done by the Chiodo brothers, who made the special effects for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So if you've never seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, like just you don't have to watch the movie, just look up the Killer Clowns and then look up Ernest Scared Stupid Trolls and you'll be like, ah, there are, okay. There are some like side-by-side -side comparisons that exist because when Beth first pointed this out to me, I immediately Googled it and I was just like, that's pretty cool, man. It's really <laughs> cool. So um, this is set during Halloween. It's got really good, like, the 90s Halloween decorate, like, paper decorations. They have a Halloween party. Um, they're trick-or-treating. Eartha Kitt is in it. Love um, Eartha Kitt. Love Eartha Kitt. And so she plays... This is the only, like, thing I question as an adult is she plays... So this is supposed to be set in, like... They're in period garb at the beginning of the movie, and it looks like it could take place in either the late 1800s or very early 1900s, and then it's supposed to be modern day, so it's the 90s. So I'm like, she's supposed to be like a little girl in it, and then she's an old one. And I'm like, Eartha Kitt, don't get me wrong, does not age, but I'm like, this. she's supposed to be like 90. Yeah, I... I always think I just kind of justified it in my brain as that she's like a little bit witchy. And, like, it was maybe, like, a supernatural kind of, like... Oh, that she's extended her life. Yeah, but also, like, black women, when they're older, look so much younger than they are. Right. Which, like, good for you. <laughs> so she plays in it, and she's, like, the town outcast, but she essentially helps Ernest. And one of the things about Ernest movies is he does do impressions, and he has little characters that he plays as Ernest. The movie holds up pretty well, I would say. The only thing that doesn't hold up is he does do one impression that would be considered not politically correct today. It's not, he doesn't do, it's not blackface, but it's, uh, I think he is, is, is he like, like a Genghis he's Khan. He's like Genghis Khan, yeah. yeah. So if that is something you're not interested in, then you can pass on this movie, but it is a very short snippet. It is a very tiny part during sort of like um like a battle or like a fight scene yes. so the movie is so funny um it's got a great opening sequence and the score is like a it's like what would be considered the a bop Ernest scared stupid theme song yes. goes so hard for no good reason yes. it's on my spotify playlist if y'all aren't on there already get on there i linked it in one of the past episodes so it's really good it um, the kids are really good in it and the twist of events. He has a little dog. I didn't even talk about the dog. Rimshot. Rimshot. This is, is the so most cute. traumatizing thing for me because peak 90s, this was like the height of Jack Russell Terriers. Yes. Like you had the mask who had Milo, who's a Jack Russell. He had Rimshot. I had a Jack Russell Terrier named Puka who looked a lot like Rimshot. And so when like something bad happens to Rimshot, I was like devastated <laughs> so um essentially like they get to the big climax scene of like there is a big battle and all the trolls have like come to life and they're so they're goopy and gross 
and there's like a lot of boogery snot yes, type thing. a lot of boogery snot <laughs> and it's so good because like they eventually find out like what kills them and it's like based off of like kind of this riddly poem that like they discover the thing that like kills them it's so funny it's so silly too but yeah if you're like i'm not really into super spooky movies i would check out this movie because it's it's got some good scares it's i've showed this to um like nieces and stuff like that and they've all enjoyed it i grew up watching it i didn't have nightmares watching it and it's for a lot of like good reasons it feels i mean it feels like a 90s movie because it is a 90s movie but it it feels just so like nostalgia for all the right reasons yeah it's and because it's a family movie like it does have like a a happy ending so like i know i just said something happens to the dog the dog's okay you don't have to go to does the dog die.com i will tell you rimshot's fine at the end of the movie and so yeah that's what i wanted to start with i wanted like a nice light one before that's a great that's a great start well then i'm gonna jump to the end of my list and talk about a different 90s this is from the tail end of the 90s is uh it's tim burton's sleepy hollow which okay so we have some problematic people in here today but here's the (coughs) thing (laughs) it's not even just the one that like is blatant like there's other people in it um but amidst those problematic people is like a really like incredible cast that you're not expecting uh christopher walken is in it he's amazing i was also terrified of him for a long time because of his character in (laughs) my notes say christopher walken is in red lentils He's incredible. Thanks, autocorrect. Yeah, I was really scared of him because of this movie for a long time, which is so dumb. (laughs) But I couldn't watch like anything that he was. There was that um, like a Fat Boy Slim video where he was tap dancing and I couldn't watch it because I was so scared of him. I'm fine now. I think he's great. I think he's an incredible actor. We're cool. Christopher Walken. Johnny Depp plays Ichabod Crane. We don't have to talk about Johnny Depp. You guys know his whole steez. Dumbledore 2, Michael Gambon is in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, Christina Ricci's dad in it. Mm-hmm. Christina Ricci is the Katrina Von Tassel character. This is based on the Washington Irving story. That's a classic. I feel like most people probably know it. You might know it from like the Disney animated. Yeah. I love that as well. That's a nice family one. Also spooky. Though, yeah, for pretty spooky. Family. Yeah. Jeffrey Jones is in it. Yes. He's the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, if and you know that. He also played in Adam's Family, or not Adam's Family, Beetlejuice. Yes, he was um, her dad. He's Lydia's dad. Yeah. He is also problematic. Do you know about him? No, but that's okay. I, yeah, I, he. It's like a whole. It's a whole gross thing. Like weirdly, also connected to like '90s nostalgia. Back when like Paul Rubens got in trouble. Um, when Pee Wee got in trouble, mm-hmm. they that led to them investigating Jeffrey Jones, oh. who he was found. We don't call it child pornography anymore because pornography implies consent. It was like sexually explicit photos of a child. And it's pretty gross. I don't want to go like any further into it than that. But then also he like kept not disclosing his like sex offender status when he would like go places to film. So he got in trouble a lot from that. So he's just really icky to me. He's in this. It's kind of satisfying what happens. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Uncle Vernon, Richard Griffiths, is yep. in it. So Lisa Marie yes, is yes. Uh, she plays Ichabod's mom. And I think at that time she was married to Tim Burton. 
And then Christopher Lee is in it, Miranda Richardson, and Casper Van Dien, who mm-hmm. is like 90s hunk star. Yeah. And then like sort of faded away, I think, unfortunately, because he did a lot of sci-fi movies and then got typecast and then those movies weren't as popular also, anymore. Also touching on a sex cult with him. So Yeah, I mean, I don't think he, he was, not, was involved with it. He it was, was not actually involved with it. He was peripherally involved Yeah, with it. he was married to Catherine, mm-hmm. whose daughter mm-hmm. was unfortunately a victim of the Nixium disaster. So... Um, yeah, but like big name cast and the atmosphere is like so perfectly. It's like New England, Halloween, autumn, spooky. There's a lot of fog. It's like kind of desaturated except for like the Tim Burton blood, which is like a very specific red. Yes. Not the same as Quentin Tarantino red. No, they're two different shades of red. But equally like Visceral, recognizable. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it does get pretty gruesome. Like there's a lot of good kills but then there's a lot of like gross bodies and the one like line that cracks me up at the beginning is when Ichabod's like a forensic scientist in this one rather than a teacher which I think is a nice twist because it lets them do more like gross investigatory things yes. and uh he finds like a body floating in the river and he's like I found a body that was recently a man <laughs> <laughs> so I think Danny Elfman does the score, so it yeah. also has a great soundtrack. Martin Landau is also in the very... He's in the cold opening. He's uncredited. Oh. He's like Van Gatten or whatever, where they're like the letters getting yeah, sealed yeah, and they're yeah. rushing away into the night and then the headless horseman attacks. And so... Because there's a good mystery into this movie. Like, beside, like Ichabob's investigating these murders, but like you're trying to figure out... Like, they're saying it's the headless horseman, but you're trying to figure out is the headless horseman real is it a ghost like what is this yeah and it it is like sort of like a sort of a, an investigatory svu type thing with um ichabod examining the bodies and finding the connections and putting the pieces together and so the other part i'm not going to say specifically what it was but the other part that terrified me as a kid is in like the cave in the woods with who they find inside and there's like a jump scare mm-hmm. and that whoo that was very spoopy um it's listen it's good if you can like stomach the people that are in it that are we don't stand it's worth a watch i don't support those people but i do still watch this like every halloween season so i feel it i feel it this is upsetting i'm gonna stick on my 90s nostalgia a little bit but this isn't a 90s movie another thing that was kind of toted as like a family film but is not a family film is scary stories, uh, which is scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, yeah. Directed by Guillermo del Toro. Um, oh, no, I apologize. Redact that. <laughs> um, directed by Andre Overdahl. I thought. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Guillermo, G- Guillermo he, is yes, attached to he, it. Yeah. He's attached to it. So um, I say this is a family film because we grew up like as a product of the 90s like i read these as a kid scared the bejesus out of me because the illustrations by alvin schwartz are so viscerally like upsetting that you're like oh my god as a kid and then you read them like you're supposed to read them in the dark with a flashlight so we would read them to each other me and my siblings and scare the bejesus out of one another like the big toe 
story in particular lives in my brain forever. The, the girl with the green ribbon tied around yes, her neck. Yes. So this movie was made in 2019. I say it's like totally because it's like I think it's only rated like PG or PG-13. It wasn't like and you're thinking how are they going to make a movie based on these like scary stories and I thought this was like really well done where it you know it really like ties in all these stories to make like a cognitive narrative surrounding these group of kids who go to this like haunted house during Halloween and they find this diary of like the like ghost or witch that like haunts this place and then the book kind of comes to life and these scary stories keep happening to everybody so like the story of Harold uh, the scarecrow happens to a boy named Harold um, the big toe happens to their friend Augie which is it's so upsetting and it's set during it's very interesting it's set during like the 1960s Lana Del Rey does this beautifully haunting version of season of the witch yeah. which is like done as like the background also on the playlist yes and so like the scariest part is like the the one it's like a a man that it's like based off of a, a rhyme that's like in my mind I was like that's like a throwaway I don't even remember that I think I skipped past it because the artwork was too scary and I was like oh no this is gonna haunt my nightmares but it's like such a good movie and it's it's a good movie to watch like when you're like I want something slightly scarier than Ernest Scared Stupid but I don't want like a full-blown super scary movie <laughs> it's also got some pretty gross stuff yes yes because uh, they they did justice to all of that like wonderfully spooky artwork that's yeah. in those books so if you're looking for like a more recent one that's set in you know the 1960s so it's got like a, a vintage vibe to it it's got undertones about like the vietnam war it's got undertones about race and class in them it's just a really well done movie. I agree. Okay, so my next several movies that I want to talk about actually all kind of have the same theme. Because I was thinking about movies to pick and I wanted to pick some that maybe Beth hadn't seen. And I wanted to pick some that maybe some of you haven't seen. So they're a little lesser known. Unless you're like big into horror films and then you're going to be like, duh, Bert, I already watched it. I have Shudder. So uh, they all revolve around something that I feel is a, a big uh, Halloween pastime for most people not Britta but like going to a haunted house and I don't mean like a spooky ghost lives in the attic haunted house I mean uh, I paid $25 to have teenagers and costumes jump out and scare me haunted house I do not enjoy that I don't enjoy being startled no I don't either and my uh, end of like the the fight flight freeze spectrum is very much the fight end where when I'm startled I generally punch at whatever it is that scared me until it goes away and the last time I went through any kind of like haunted corn maze I punched a teenager in the face and I felt really bad about it afterwards and it wasn't his fault he was just doing his job but that's just my reaction so that's why I don't do it so please don't ever ask me to go to a haunted house with you <laughs> I the only reason I went to a haunted house in my adult life is because I was given free tickets to go and I felt obligated to go yeah and I there was like uh there was a 
section of it that was set with water and i like i was in the middle and my husband was in front of me and i was holding on to him but i think i made a noise like they knew they knew i was like the chicken Mm -hmm. and they like hosed me with like this they had this giant sponge full of water and they looked like on my head so i was like dripping wet and this was the time of year in october in ohio where you know we get like the false like hot days yeah. at the beginning of october and then like immediately it becomes like super cold yep so it was that time of year gross so i'm like walking and i'm like my hair is wet <laughs> gross i also just feel like unknown wetness in the dark is just not enjoyable I was for like, anyone oh my god it's like blood right we're like yeah what is it <laughs> so the the later um ones that i'll go into kind of deal with like the same um fear attached to those haunted houses but not this first one the first one i'm going to talk about is from 2015 and it is hell house llc okay i haven't seen that one it's i highly recommend it it is very scary in my opinion it is found footage and i know a lot of people are kind of over that and there's it's so hit or miss i think some of it's done really well and some of it is just like trash and so again a lot of found footage is like jump scares which is not my favorite thing but i think i think hell house llc which is the first in a series like does it really well it, it is the first, like I said. The second one is Hell House LLC 2, the Abaddon Hotel. And then there's a newer one called Hell House LLC 3, Lake of Fire. I have not seen the third one. I've seen the second one. It's, like, fine. I don't think it does it as well as the first one. But, like, if you just want, like, a triple feature, knock them all out. They're all pretty <laughs> much available on streaming. So, basically, the film, it's, like, shot as a documentary. So, it's, like, a story within a story, kind of. The idea is that there's like a a group of people who create haunted houses as like their job. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting ready for the 2009 opening of their haunted house called Hell House. And on opening night, there is a quote unquote malfunction that causes the death of 15 tour goers and staff. Wow. So then the film is basically people looking at it like years later trying to investigate what happened. So there is like a story of a film crew who's interviewing people. So there's like a a reporter who said he broke into the hotel at some point and like took pictures. There's like random people from the town. There's like quote unquote YouTube video that someone opening night was like filming their friends going through and they uploaded it. And at that point, that's really all they have to go on with what happened. Like, nobody really knows what the malfunction was. And it starts piecing together the mystery of what happened. And they find one of the original people who were putting the house together. And she's just been, like, MIA since it happened. Like, nobody knew what happened to her. Nobody knew where she's been. They track her down. And she gives them the videotapes of their footage of them putting the house together. And so... First off, the hotel that they, like, are building this in is called Abaddon, which if you are, if you speak Hebrew or if you have any sort of, like, religious background, you probably know that that is the Hebrew word for destruction or doom. So they're, like, very in your face about it. And what really works for this movie is, like, the pacing of it. So it starts off very, it reminds me of, like, Blair Witch Project where it gives you like time to kind of like like the characters and they're just Mm -hmm. like silly friends 
and they're like building it and you're like watching them like okay well we're gonna rig this scare this way and like we're gonna go like find people at the gas station to be like killer clowns and like oh it's a hotel like maybe we can set something cool up in the kitchen and then that's like maybe the first 20 minutes is them giving you this backstory Mm -hmm. and then it immediately starts getting like kind of weird and there's a lot of shots of like where you pan past a doorway and there's like something there but they just go past it and so you're getting that like kind of condition to like now I have to check every corner right right. it's like watching the haunting of hill house where like you start starting to look for the ghosts in the background which then like makes the jump scare so much easier to scare you because you're already staring at everything in the background one of the like scariest scenes in this to me there's one of the guys is always laying in his bed at night and just sort of like recapping like he's keeping like a video journal of what's going on and like you always see like the door in the background and like there's a lot of stuff in the background that like scares you coming up to this and he wakes up one night And there's, like, something in his room. (laughs) And at first he doesn't see it. And then he does. And he freaks out and, like, puts the covers over his head. But then he keeps... (laughs) He keeps peeking out. And every time he does, it's closer to him. Absolutely not. Which is absolutely what you don't want to happen when you're hiding. It is terrifying. That's the scariest part to me. And then he, like, is missing after that point. And they don't know what happened to him. Um, There's a lot of, like... Blair Witch Project standing in a corner staring at a wall type stuff and the ending is so good and unsettling and it's it involves like that classic one character knows something but can't tell the rest of them and they can do nothing to stop what's gonna happen Mm. like horror trope and this is also one that like you need to rewatch it because very early in the film they straight up tell you what the twist is and you do not realize it until it's oh. over. So, yeah, this is it's very spooky. It's found footage. Um, there's like a lot of strobe lights in it. So if that's something that is like triggering to you, if you have something that gets triggered by that, maybe pass on this one. But definitely worth a watch and a rewatch. All right. I Well, now I don't know. I could talk about Blair Witch since it is found footage, but I want to talk about The Guest. Yeah! The Guest also has a haunted house in it. So good. Um, The Guest is actually... My my husband showed me this, and I was... My mind was blown. Um, This was made in 2014, and it's directed by Adam Wingard, and it stars Dan Stevens and Micah Monroe. Um, and she would be who I would consider kind of a newer scream queen. She's also in It Follows. Um, and Dan Stevens, everybody knows him from like Downton Abbey, right? And especially at this point in 2014. That's like yeah. what he is known for. Or now as the Beast. Yes. <laughs> so this movie is not what I would consider a typical horror movie. It's more of a horror thriller, but it's very much set during Halloween. Like, they go to a Halloween party. There's Halloween decorations. It ends at a haunted house. And it is about this family who are living in, like, a small southwest, like, southwestern town. And the first, like, two minutes of the film, you just see a man running at, like, full speed. And you're just like, what? Like, across, a, like, a desert 
field and you're like what is going on and so you see you meet this soldier his name is david and he comes to this family and he essentially says like i was stationed with like your son um their son had passed away while he was overseas and he just wanted to like get to know the family of like essentially his best friend his brother in arms their son died in combat in afghanistan so immediately micah monroe her name is anna she's the daughter in this family she's like immediately kind of suspicious of this man and fair but also it's dan stevens and he is beautiful in this movie smoking hot like good lord standing in a hallway in just a towel hot like post shower post shower we have to add there's like steam billowing behind him to get the full effect he essentially infiltrates this family and he kind of charms his way with the mother he charms his way with the father anna is the one that's like it takes the longest for her to like come to his side but everything that he does to charm the family is like touched by violence so like the brother the younger brother of anna is bullied at school and he takes the younger brother to a bar where the bullies go because they underage drink and i was like i get it like we have places like that in the midwest and he like beats the crap out of them and then he goes to the school with the mom he's like i'll handle this and he's like did you know they called like this son a gay slur and he's like do you guys have a like something against gay slurs and so he like blackmails the school from getting this the son in trouble for for fighting and then like the dad gets a promotion at work but something happens to like the manager that's mysterious anna is essentially she's very suspicious of him but she goes to a party with him and then her best friend sleeps with him and then anna is like kind of weird because there's a very weird sexual tension between the two which is also like as somebody that reads far too many romance novels i'm like what is happening Mm -hmm. there's too much tension also you need to put clothes on she makes mixed cds for him which i was like this is a very 2014 thing but anyways this all starts like coming to a screeching halt because she anna decides to look more into um his past and suddenly there are a lot of plot holes in the stuff that he's been telling this family and it results in some shootouts of violence and then like a very spooky and like thrilling chase through this like school made haunted house and it's like there's so much like fog machine fog and like neon lights and and strobe lights and an insane soundtrack the soundtrack the soundtrack to this movie is like i i it's 2014 on itunes i bought the whole soundtrack nice because i was so enthralled with the whole like the soundtrack is so atmospheric it's like it's techno but it's like it works so well for this movie and it's it's such a good halloween but not halloween movie and dan stevens like this is not heroic dan stevens like dan stevens is the bad guy in this movie yeah and it's so good it's so tongue-in-cheek anna played by mike is so good at like and I love being a final girl. That scene at the end with is it like the smoke canisters or whatever? And he just like does this like 
is the it's a grenade. A, it's a grenade. Yeah. He like he just like with a plum rolls it into a restaurant. Just like he's like just throwing the bowling ball at bowling league on Tuesday nights. And just kind of like with a smile and then like the restaurant he throws it into blows up. So yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie. It's always like I think as soon as I saw it, I went to work and I was like, oh my God, guys, you have to watch this movie. Another coworker was visiting years later from a different library. And like, <laughs> I was like, you have to watch this movie. Yeah. I told, um, we don't have a nickname for this coworker. Um, uh, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. I told her about this movie and she was like, oh, and like wrote it down to go home and watch later <laughs> because she really enjoys Dan Stevens. So, I mean, who doesn't enjoy I know. Dan Stevens? The the towel shot alone is worth a Google. <laughs> Sorry for objectifying you, Dan Stevens. You're also a very talented actor and singer, but you looked really good in this movie. No reason. <laughs> you knew it. You knew you looked good. It's yes. okay. Um, okay, so my next one I want to talk about is from 2019, and it's Haunt. Okay, yeah, I've seen that one. I was like, I haven't watched that one, but I've like seen it yeah, on streaming. It's um, it's produced by Eli Roth, so that gives know, it a little bit of credit that's for my it. Boy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it is um, also a haunted house attraction movie, as I mentioned. It is gen- basic basic synopsis, without spoiling anything, is that it takes place on Halloween night. It takes place in Carbondale, Illinois. And there's um, roommates Harper and Bailey. And Harper has, she has like an abusive partner. And she's got a black eye at the beginning that she's covering up with makeup. And her roommate is like, you need to dump him. He's like trash. He's no good. Like you get rid of him come out have a good night tonight and so she like breaks up with her boyfriend via text because her her like roommate starts to type it out she's like stop it like you're just gonna exacerbate things like it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. and then she's like you know what she's right so she sends it and she like forgets about it and they go out to a bar and they meet their friends um Angela and Mallory who are I I think they're a couple but now I feel like maybe I'm just a by disaster and I like speculated that but <laughs> they, the four of them are out at like a Halloween party at a bar and they meet these two guys Nathan and Evan and I there's like an awkward meet cute between Harper and Nathan where he's like he's dressed as like a baseball player which like I don't know what it is about like there's something about a dude in a backwards baseball cap that just makes people like stupid and I don't know why it gets to us like this but it it, like it works and so he's like in a like a baseball uniform and he's got a baseball bat and he's like he says something to Bailey as she's like crossing to say hi to other people and then he like looks and like he is looking in uh, Harper's direction and he like sort of like waves like waves her over and she's like in the middle of this booth of people so she like goes down (laughs) under the table to crawl out and she pops up in front of him and she's like hi and he's looking at her he's like hi she's like um like what's the deal he's like do you do you need something and she's like you're just talking to my friend and you waved me over and he's like 
no, I was waving for another drink. And like oh. the bartender hands it to him. And she's like, oh, God, I feel so stupid. But then like it's obvious that like they find each other attractive mm-hmm. very early in this. And then his friend Evan is like, he's dressed as a human centipede. So he looks like a centipede. But it's, like, supposed to be the gross thing. And he's like, the other guy's backed out. This is so stupid. And they're like, yeah, it's so stupid that nobody wants to be, like, the butt end of a human centipede. Get out of here, Evan. So they, like, (laughs) yeah, it's gross. And so they are, like, debating what they're going to do. They're like, this party kind of sucks. Like, let's go to, like, a haunted house or something. And Harper's kind of ready to go home. Like, she's, you know, dealing with this relationship stuff. And she goes outside. And she sees at the end of the alley behind the bar somebody like standing outside of a locked gate in like a weird robe and a mask and her boy her boyfriend her partner her ex is like blowing up her phone like Mm -hmm. why aren't you answering me and so she's like is that him like what's going on and then Nathan comes out to find her and suddenly that person's gone so she's already kind of thinking that they're like being stalked Mm mm-hmm And as they leave, they find this flyer for an extreme haunted house. Mm. And (laughs) they... Sounds like something me and you would do, obviously. Obviously. And it's very, like, like murder letter where it's, like, magazine letters cut out and glued together and then Xeroxed on red paper. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And they're like, this is great. Let's go. And I'm like, oh, God. Horror movie. Okay, I get that you have to be a little bit stupid to get into these situations. So they decide to go. They're, like, in Evan's, like, van. He, like, drives for Lyft. And so it's, like, he's, like, do you need water? Do you need mints? You're going to pay for that. Also, I have to charge you. It's unfair to not charge you when the other customers have to pay. And they're, like, get out of here, Evan. And Harper sees that this pickup truck has been following them. And so she's getting a little paranoid. Her her ex drives a pickup truck. And she's, like, all right, this is, like, really weird. Can you just, like, turn off the road here? And they do. And she's, like, waiting for the truck to follow them. And it's like not showing up. And so she's like, did did you guys like see that pickup truck that's been following us since we left the bar? Like, has it been following us the whole time? And they're like, Harper, like you're being paranoid. Like, where are we now? We're in the middle of nowhere. And then this roadside sign, like, you know, the like turn around, don't drown type Mm -hmm. signs on the side of the highway. It lights up and it says haunted house. And they're like, oh, this is probably Evan's extreme haunted house. Like, turn in here. And so they drive up and it's outside this warehouse and they see other people waiting to go in and there's like a creepy clown outside. And so they're like, all right, let's do this. They have to sign liability waivers before they go in. (laughs) They (laughs) have to give up their cell phones, which are put in a lockbox that they are given a key to. And they're like, you're allowed to keep the key. And you can when you come back out, you're the only one with the key. You can get your phones done. And they're like, well, yeah, obviously, like, it's going to be really good if they don't want us to, like, film any of the scares. So they just, like, willingly sign away, Mm -hmm. give up their phones. And this, like, all of this information is just written down. Like, the clown does not say anything to them. And then he hands them the key and opens the door and lets them go in. And it's got, like, some pretty classic, like, haunted house, like, haunt elements to it, like, it gives you an option to take the safe route or the not safe route. And so like one of them involves like putting your hand in like holes in the wall and feeling for body parts. And they're like, yeah, it's like spaghetti. 
and it's a grape and like Nathan eats the grape and they're like that's disgusting like how many people have touched that and um the the two roots like reconvene and you have to crawl through a maze so you have to go one by one and you have to crawl through on your hands and knees and it's like wooden like air vents so they're like John McClaning through and <laughs> they keep going like oh it's a dead end turn around and like, we can't turn around and so it's reminding me of like the order of like going through a haunted house which then reminds me of some of the Halloween episodes of the show Psych they always had great Halloween episodes totally recommend those for around Halloween watches as well but one of the characters is they're about to go into a haunted house and he's like I will not go first I will not go last you will not leave me alone at any point in time you will not turn around and scare me yep, <laughs> like yep. and it's I was like that's me so they're like arguing over who's gonna go first to go through at one point they are in a room they empty out in a room and there's like a glass they like run into it and they're like oh there's like a glass divider there's a window that's weird and then like this person in a creepy witch mask like appears and they have like a cauldron and they drag out a body bag and they unzip the body bag and one of the girls who was waiting outside the haunted house is in the body bag and there is like a pretty graphic scene that happens with us and they're like oh my god like the like the production value of this haunted house is insane <laughs> like they must be like pulling people from like the tours like through the haunted house to get involved in this like that's nuts and they're like applauding them and like the witch like disappears in this like puff of smoke and so they're like whoa and they keep going through and like everyone working in this haunted house has like a creepy mask on so like there's the clown outside there's the witch they're they like someone gets hurt in their group and they're like calling for help and they're like this is like we're not joking this is real we need your help and this guy in a ghost mask like flips on the lights and is like what like what's going on what do you need but he won't take his mask off and when they ask what his name is he just says like oh you can call me Mitch and he won't tell them anymore he's just super sus and like he's got a creepy mask on there's like a weird like demon mask and it kind of explores like masks as symbolism and it's like like what are you hiding sometimes we use them as like a cover for like emotional regulation like you find out Harper has like a pretty traumatic home life past um and that she hasn't been home in a long time and she has reoccurring nightmares based on it and she is like masking as a person to just kind of get through life and then you've got all these like creepers in the haunted house with masks um and this takes a turn like the rest of the ones I'm going to tell you, which is w- one of my greatest fears and also why I don't like haunted houses, but how easy it would be for the things that happen in these haunted houses to be real and nobody would ever know. Right. That is terrifying. Um, I will say it ends with a very like good for her ending. So like, you know, Harper ends up OK at the end. You can't say the rest for all the rest of her friends. (laughs) I am going to briefly mention, because I feel like he has become so popular in the horror community. Um, I'm going to talk about Art the Clown, uh, Terrifier, and Terrifier 2, as well as his debut, which was on um, 
It was in the horror anthology All Hallows' Eve, also a movie you could watch that is set on Halloween. But Art the Clown is like this evil clown entity. Um, I have not watched the first one. I've only watched the second one because, because it came out in 2022 and everyone talked about how viscerally gruesome it was. And, you know, I've seen a lot of terrible movies. I've seen a lot of great horror movies. And so we're always like curious, like, how bad could it be right like we've seen some pretty messed up things so we watched it just to see and so i i had asked actually one of our co-workers who also watches a lot of horror movies i'm like all right do i actually have to see terrifier to see terrifier 2 and they're like no no uh i mean like maybe if you really want the whole experience but like no because they're gonna recap it and so you have art the clown who this takes place like the sequel takes place right after the first one and it's set again on Halloween um he was like destroyed at the end of the first film and then he like comes well he's like destroyed but then he gets to the hospital and he comes back to life because he's kind of a mystical creature but people are like really endeared to him much like Michael Myers and you know Jason and Freddie and I will say like after he escapes from the hospital and kills everybody there he goes to like a laundromat and does like laundry <laughs> his, his clown co- and he's like naked <laughs> so he's sitting there and, and you gotta do laundry you gotta do laundry it's just like it's so funny like because it's just so ridiculous and then he has like this weird fugue state where because he like came back to life like so he's kind of this he's seeing this like weird clown girl that's like with him and she's like this creepy clown like she's like 11 or 12 and so then it go it cuts to this like young girl who she's like doing this mega cosplay in her out like she's doing a cosplay of this design that her dad drew for her as a Halloween costume and it's like a valkyrie outfit look i like to do a lot of stuff for my halloween costumes but this was intense um and essentially you have art like having like this weird connection to her so when she sees him she immediately knows because in this town like they all know that art the clown's like this terrible person and her brother is like you know this like 13 14 year old who's like i'm gonna dress up like that for halloween Mm. and she's like you can't do that there's always one like um so this movie for i'm not gonna give too much more of the plot away there is a haunted house scene in it it does connect to this this uh first one there's like a weird weird creepy dream that the main character has this movie has if you're looking for gore in your movies this movie has it there is one particular scene that this isn't so bad like people ran out of the theater they threw up in the theater what what like what so then we finally got to the scene and i was like oh okay i see what people were getting upset about so there is a really graphic uh death scene in it and art does like torture his victims but some people really when they watch scary movies and stuff that's what they want to see they want to see that over the top gore so if that's something you're interested in check those movies out um in terms of story and stuff and slashers and like twists was i entertained 
you know, I said it was like a, a kind of a run-of-the-mill horror movie. You're watching it for the special effects and the shock value more so than, like, I think the actual plot line. Like, I, did I care about any of the the characters? Not super a lot. Like, as I said, the most entertained where I was like, what is, what is happening? Is watching Art do his laundry <laughs> after he's murdered everybody. And I'm like... Well, that explains how he keeps his costume. It's black and white. It explains how he keeps it so clean. So just wanted to vaguely touch on that. I was also going to... So Blair Witch came up on like a list I was looking at. And it is set during October. Um, And in terms of found footage, I would say this is like the holy grail. This is like the creme de la creme of like when people are like, what's like the best found footage movie you've I feel like it kind of kicked off the genre as well very much so i remember when this movie came out like i went to the theater to see it and i went to the one by the mall and (laughs) at the time that was the only movie theater in our city that we grew up in and um the same lady was in the theater for this as was in when i saw the sixth sense and i knew it was the same lady because she was very easily startled and She would always go, Jesus. And like the first time her popcorn went everywhere. And then um, in the second one, she had like M&Ms or something. So they no. you heard them. And then through the rest of the movie, every time she moved, you would hear like as they like fell and rolled down. And that's what I think of with this. But I also like I I thought it was real. I really thought it was real. campaign, like the whole campaign for the movie, like if you went on the website, and this is the early days of the 90s interwebs where you had the dial-up like screeching at you and so if you went on that website it looked like these three actors were genuinely missing you know how i found out it wasn't real was it the mtv music it was yes Yes. they (laughs) have i told you about this before they hosted like they presented an award and i was like wait 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 they're okay they're alive and like i it took me a while to process that because i really and truly thought it was real i also had like a huge crush on the guy that eats the leaf (laughs) so for those of you who haven't watched it and i would just recommend if you're gonna watch any blair witch movie just watch the first one they did do a remake it's very different it's very different it's i would say they're trying to be spookier that one's also directed by adam wingard but and so, like, at the end, they actually show, like, the Blair Witch. Yeah. Um, but, like, what works for this movie is that it's, because it's found footage, all of it is done from the perspective of, you know, these main characters. So you have these three college students who are looking into this legend of the Blair Witch in this Maryland woods. And you know at the beginning, like, they say that this is found footage and, like, these three were never found. Like, they're missing. Mm-hmm. And they interview people so you are very endeared by these like three college they're they're friends and stuff like that and like you get told at the beginning like what the legend is and so all of this you're getting seeds and nuggets of stuff and it's it's a good pacing intention because as they get further in their trail and their camping weirder things keep happening to them yeah they wake up one morning and there's like weird there's seven like stone carns like surrounding Mm -hmm. their campsite 
the one morning they wake up and there's the little like sticks the little Blair Witch sticks yeah that, they're almost like doll like sticks bundled together and they have like teeth and stuff in them um their food goes missing their map goes missing like so their relationship just slowly deteriorates and it climaxes with them going into this like the Blair Witch house essentially and their one friend's just missing right like yeah he like he has already disappeared gone away and so then her other friend like main character heather her her friend also disappears and it like it really it's her searching through the house looking for this friend finding this friend and then like her getting knocked over and that's how the movie ends like so you don't actually know yeah what happens to them yeah um and the not knowing part is like the scariest part of this movie and always it's it's really well done in terms of tension and pacing and and the viral campaign around i mean i would call it viral like it was it made news great marketing like you thought that this was real that this was happening yeah i remember also after that the daily show this was back before like Steve Carell was the Steve Carell we know now like he was known amongst like comedy and like improv circuits but he wasn't like super well known as before the office it was before Anchorman he was like a daily show correspondent and he did the Blair Witch Project project <laughs> where he like went to Maryland and was interviewing people to like find out if this was like real and like what happened to them and then he went missing and then they're like Two weeks later, we received this footage, and it's him on, like, a Ferris wheel eating cotton candy at, like, a local carnival. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. They also did a Blair Witch Project Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. And it's um, it was, like, interstitched with, like, a Halloween Cartoon Network thing. Somebody has edited all of the parts together on YouTube, but it's, like, them in, like realistic footage and like they're living through like the Blair Witch Project and it has the weird like nose nose. up shot with like snot and like which is also one of the best scary movie like parodies Mm -hmm. too like they parodied that so hard and I was like you know what you should because it's like that part is so emotional at the time and you find out later that a lot of like the things they shot were improv like so these actors were just improving they did legit get lost they did like um the directors i believed gave them less food each day so like them actually being hungry and tired yeah. were very like real feelings like mm-hmm. they weren't and there's that. no it's not like other found footage where generally like a character is the cameraman and you don't always like see him but he's like there and you hear him it's not like that it is literally one of the three of them using like a handheld camera and they all have like lav mics right and that was the production crew so yeah definitely worth a classic classic to me at this point pop culturally relevant yes very much like worth a watch still holds up yeah So my next two actually came out, they both came out in the same year, and they have very similar titles. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Hellfest, and then I'm going to come back and talk about Bloodfest, which also came out the same year. I do remember them coming out because I was like, what? Have you seen either of these? I have not seen either of those. So um, Hellfest is what I'm going to talk about this one first. 
I'm going to straight up tell you right now, Bloodfest is my favorite of these ones that I'm recommending. So that's why I'm saving it for the end. So uh, Hellfest is essentially, it's like a traveling haunted house Halloween carnival. It starts off with sort of like the cold open of it. And there is this man in a mask who is just known as the other. And he kills this girl in a haunted house and hangs her body from the ceiling on a meat hook amongst like other like mannequins. And everyone going through thinks that she's just a prop. Oh, and then it flashes forward to like two years later. And uh, it's Halloween night. And this girl, Natalie, is like, she's usually away at college. She like comes home. She's usually busy like studying and stuff like that. So she's, there's like a little bit of tension between her and her best friend, Brooke. And she shows up and everyone's like, oh, hey, you actually showed. And she's like, why does everyone keep saying that? And they're like, honestly, like, we didn't expect you to come, even though we invited you, because you don't ever come to anything anymore. And part of that is because Brooke lives with Taylor, who Natalie doesn't like. And Brooke also lives with Gavin, who has like a crush on Natalie. And so he was like a big thing of like, invite her, invite her, please invite her. <laughs> and so they decide to go to this haunted house they're gonna go to hellfest and they're like dude don't you remember like two years ago that girl died at hellfest and like they thought she was a prop like they didn't find her for weeks and the only reason they did is because she started to smell oh my god and so like they're aware of it and they show up and as soon as they show up there's like a woman running from hellfest like screaming that she's being chased by a man in a mask and they think that it's like part of the ambiance so she's hiding and so natalie points out where she's hiding to oh, the killer natalie. and he kills her in front of them and they think it's like part of the show but then natalie's like that was like very real how that happened and they're like dude like that's just they're like really good at that like it's like ambiance it's immersive and they have like vip wristbands to get through things so they're like we're gonna get to go to like all the really good stuff and there's different sections of the park and they're like we get to like line jump for the haunted houses and they're like trying to game plan where they want to go and like Natalie and Taylor are like very flirty and it's very like will they won't they and he's like kind of awkward and kind of a dork everyone but Natalie is like I want to go to like the Deadlands which is where they can touch you the scare actors are like allowed to touch you there and then they're like what are these people like what there's people who are super into haunted I houses like so. that. Yeah, not not my not my scene. I know. And so I'm it's not me either. And so they are like, we want to go to the Deadlands. Also, that's the only way to get to hell, which is like the exit of here, and that is the scariest part. So like we have to go. And she's like, Okay, fine. Like, I don't want to be the only one that doesn't go. The group is just kind of like writing off her, like that like that was like really real with the girl at the beginning. And they're like, just like Natalie, don't be a buzzkill go flirt with taylor like whatever uh, or gavin not taylor taylor's the girl um gavin and uh natalie go in like a picture booth mm -hmm. and they like have a little like smoochy smoochy time and their pictures come out and brooke sees a guy take their pictures and leave oh. and so she's like what no wtf that's messed up and she like goes after him to find him and she can't find him and so she comes back and everyone's like giving them like crap about like okay well glad you guys are like finally realizing what the rest of us realized and like he gavin is like hey like go ahead 
I'm going to go try to win her a toy and I'll catch up with you guys later. And they're like, dork. Okay, go ahead. And so they don't tell her and they go get in line for the Deadlands and they like have to sign a waiver again. Separating the group is never a good idea. No. I will just leave it at that. And Bear McCreary does the yes. soundtrack for this. Oh, so good, good horror mm-hmm. musician. And there's like a weird animatronic eyeball out front of the entrance that like is on a telescoping thing. And I really want it. <laughs> like the the like entryway to Hellfest is very aesthetically pleasing to me. Once they go into the section where people can touch you, they are greeted by these freaky faceless Victorian children. Oh. <laughs> and they lead them into the Deadlands. <laughs> and so that was like freaky to me. And throughout the whole thing, you're hearing like these announcements over an intercom. And I was like, I know that voice. Why do I know that voice? Who is that? And then I finally put it together. It's Tony Todd. Oh. It's Candyman. <laughs> and then he himself shows up later as like the barker for Hellfest. Um, Taylor gets like pulled up on stage for like an interactive thing. And is like, she is very, like very much the like, horror version of like manic pixie dream girl energy mm-hmm. and is very like i know everything about horror why aren't you involved i'm gonna give everyone a hard time i know you don't like me so i'm gonna be extra like in your face about it and they're like so like are you familiar with the seven deadly sins she's like, you're gonna have to be more specific because i have run laps around all of them and like is very like yeah me let's do it love horror stab me cut my head off i don't care whatever I'll leave you to find out what happens to Taylor. And then there is like a terrifying scene in a bathroom, which I always think of when I am in like amusement park or like fairground bathrooms at night where like she's in there by herself. Harper's in there by herself and she's like texting someone and she like hears the like ding like somebody gets a text and she's Mm -hmm. like weird. And then she's like, are you like, are you close by? And they're like, ding. And she then she gets a response of, yeah, like I'm really close. And she's like, well, how close? Ding, literally right outside the door to her stall. Ooh. And then she looks down and she sees like feet facing her stall. And then the door starts like rattling like someone's trying to get in. Oh. So I was like, no, thank you. I am going to have like a pee phobia now. <laughs> And then after that, they get security and the security guard literally says, you came here to be scared. I can't arrest someone for doing their job. I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, yeah, they're not supposed to be in the bathroom, but like you came into the section where people can touch you. Like mm-hmm. oh my I, God. there's nothing I can do here. So the kills in this are pretty intense there's like a lot of again the like how can you tell what's real and what's not in these haunted house type things and then like some of the things that you think are like oh my god this is real someone's about to die or like no it's just part of a haunted house that's amazing I can't believe they did that and so very sneaky and like you don't quite know what's gonna happen and then the ending is probably like the most disturbing part um I don't want to spoil it it is essentially you see you see a real side of the killer of the other and it is such a real person real side of it that it makes all of it even scarier Mm. that sounds terrifying (laughs) 
I, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. I'm just going to mention. So there's, of course, a lot of different 80s movies. Um, so I'm going to briefly mention three titles and then I'm going to go into uh, something else. Um, so there is Hack-A-Lantern, which was made in uh, 1988. And it's a direct-to-video movie. It's a slasher. And it it has the plot. It's a very similar plot to a movie that I have watched called Elves. Oh. (laughs) Um, It was not a good movie. Uh, Everything that I've read about this is it's just a really weird movie. Um, But it's essentially about a guy's grandpa is a satanic cult leader and he is manipulating a guy his his grandson to join the cult and like his grandson has to essentially kill somebody on halloween night in order to fulfill this like cult duty um there's also a movie called trick or treat which is different than trick r with a little apostrophe in front of it treat and trick or treat which is also known as ragman or death at 33 rpm is from 1986 um it was made by the uh de laurentis entertainment group and it has special appearances with gene simmons and ozzy osbourne and this is about a a metalhead teenager who is haunted by the ghost of his rock hero um nice (laughs) so this movie is very campy and also set during halloween um but different than trick or treat Mm -hmm. um and then, of course, there's Night of the Demons, which was made in 1988. And this one has, um, of note, it has Leanna Quigley in it. Um, she's blonde in this, so I talked about her a few episodes ago um, for summer horror movies. So she is also in this. I consider her a scream queen. She is naked in this movie also. Um, but this movie, which has had some remakes and stuff like that... Um, and it's considered a bit of a cult classic, is about a group of high school students who throw a party inside an isolated funeral parlor on Halloween. Again, cash. (laughs) Um, So they try a seance and then release a demon that's in the crematorium, and it possesses them one by one. I will say it is very entertaining. It's It's a good, like campy 80s horror movie if you want to see something fun like I would recommend this one Leanna Quigley again like very scantily clad she has a scene in it where when she becomes scantily clad like more scantily clad like naked it is so disturbing afterwards what happens to her that you're like oh no my eyes I can't unsee this um but it's just like a fun like horror movie to watch um Especially if you've never seen it before. But the movie I want to dive into is Halloween 3. I'm not going to talk to you about Halloween 1978, John Carpenter. Even though I love him, we share we share a birthday. So I don't mind saying that. We're birthday twins. Um, and, you know, love, love fellow Capricorn. Met him. Very nice. Very chill. Um terrific soundtrack terrific score he he literally made the score because he was like i didn't have time and i didn't want to pay somebody else to do i was like how capricornian of you and he's like and i knew i could do it and make it sound good so he just like knocked it out and now we have like this 
iconic score that's been used multiple times and in my opinion is the best part of the new Halloween movies that came out the past since 2018. So you have the original Halloween. Everybody knows it. I don't want to talk about it because we all know it. Um, but when him and Deborah Hill originally made this idea of this Halloween movie, it was at first called the Babysitter Murders and their idea was they were going to make another Halloween movie but make just a movie about Halloween night, but a completely different story. Like Michael Myers wasn't going to be in it. That right. was just, it was going to be its own thing. They had no intentions of a sequel, but then when it like blew up, like everybody was clamoring for that sequel. So they're like, all right. So, you know, he didn't direct that, but like gave his blessing. So they're like, okay, so let's continue this story of Laurie Strode, Michael Myers. So then when Halloween 3 came out which was produced by deborah hill john carpenter directed by tommy lee wallace which is also one of the names of the characters um in halloween people lost their minds they're like what is this like this movie is trash there's no michael myers in it it has nothing to do with haddonfield illinois like it's bad so i just want to say reserve your judgment go into it not even thinking of the title because the subtitle season of the witch just think yeah. of it as season of the witch let it be its own thing and just let it be its own thing because it's good it's a solid movie i enjoy it so you have tom adkins starring in it and essentially he plays an er doctor it does have a lot of um it does have a lot of actors from the original halloween in it um but Tom Atkins is the star. He is a ER doctor who gets a man dying in the ER coming in who is wearing this like Halloween mask that's made by the Silver Shamrock Company. And you hear this jingle throughout the entire movie. It's very catchy. And they're selling three different Halloween masks. It's a witch, um, a skeleton, and a jack-o'-lantern head. And so he goes and he's like, this is really weird the way the the person died with the mask on so he goes with he's a he's a divorced uh he's a divorced dad so he has two kids at home he tells his uh wife who is also one of the women in uh halloween one of the teenagers tells his wife like i'm gonna be gone for a few days and then he goes with the deceased man's daughter to the silver shamrock company to investigate and <laughs> It's Tom Adkins, and he, of course, shacks up with this this young girl who's, like, in her 20s. <laughs> I'm just like, uh. And I'm like, I got, I don't know. Charles Bronson does the same thing, too, in his movies. I, I guess I can't be that mad. So they investigate, and the, it's this the company's very mysterious. Like, they can't really get in. They're being told, like, stuff. Like, they find bugs in their, like, hotel. When I say bugs, not, like, physical. Well, they do find physical bugs. Right. But they also find bugs, like, spy bugs. Yeah. Like, like people are spying on you. Mulder and Scully, <clears throat> your phones are tapped. Yes. Bugs. Uh, and then they also find... Um, like just people are being really weird in this town and it's like a company town and like you have to be in your room before like sundown and it's just like what is going on so the the more they dive in they do take a tour of the company the more mysterious things they find um, till you find out that like 
there's something wrong with these masks and there's witchcraft involved and there's like Celtic witchcraft involved with Samhain and you're like oh this is going way deeper and so when they finally discover what's happening it's like a race against the clock for Tom Atkins to try to save it because they've been pushing this jingle everybody including his own children have these masks um super good the credits are super good the opening scene is like it's like a weird digital uh jack-o'-lantern that's being formed instead of like the iconic like jack-o'-lantern that's just lit in all the other halloween movies worth watching agreed and then i apologies in advance for you getting the silver shamrock jingle stuck in your head forever yep (laughs) okay this is actually this is my last one that i had notes on so, as I mentioned, it's Bloodfest, also from 2018. Uh, very much meta horror, which I know some people really hate. I love it. That's because I was raised on Scream. And this has, like, some very Scream vibes to it with, like, the central crew that it's about. From the jump, you meet Dax, who is watching a movie with his mom. He's, like, very young. I'm going to say probably, like, 10 or under. He's like in his little skeleton onesie and mom is explaining like, well, we watch these horror movies because they're scary, but you survive, right? So we know that we are stronger than anything that scares us. So enjoy the spooky. This is why we love horror movies. Do you want more popcorn? Let me go get some snacks. And I have to say this has nothing to do with the plot of the movie, but they have like French doors behind them in their living room. And that just scares me regardless. Like, it's just, I just always expect somebody to be standing on the other side of them. And maybe that's because I stayed in Airbnb once where, like, the guy who owned it was, like, living in the back half. And he was, like, back there watching TV while we were just, like, in the front half. And we met eyes through, like, a part in the blinds. (laughs) But he, um... His mom goes into the kitchen and there's like a lot of that standard like she opens the fridge and see the perspective is from inside the fridge and you see her and then she bends down and there's like someone standing in the Mm. background with a mask on. And then she like stands up and closes the door and then he's behind her behind the door. And so she finally turns around and sees him. He does stab her. She is murdered. And Dax goes into the kitchen because he hears like something fall. and He's like, what's up, mom? So he walks in, he sees her feet sticking out from behind the island. He sees a man with a knife and a mask. Oh, no. And then his dad, who's played by Tate Donovan, shows up behind him and shoots the killer and is like, don't look, Dax, don't look. Oh, my gosh. And so then we flash forward. He's now like in his, I'm going to say like late teens, maybe early 20s. Um, It's unclear if they're like in high school school or if they're like college age I'm gonna lean towards they're probably more like college aged he works at like a video store (laughs) and he is like totally still into horror movies like everything in his room is like horror movie paraphernalia Um, he's super hyped about going to Bloodfest, which is like a traveling amusement park horror thing that's coming to town Um, his like friends are very into horror movies as well and he is like i got the wristbands we're gonna go this is gonna be awesome and his sister's like it's gonna suck and this is his younger sister and he's just like you don't like horror movies like you don't get it like you don't get to tell me it sucks and then his dad is like hey let me talk to you for a minute 
And his dad is like trimming a bonsai tree and he's like very like buttoned up, very reserved, like conservative guy. And he is like, I am going to be on TV tonight doing an interview. I would like for you and your sister to be there. And he's Dax is like, oh. yeah, I'll totally be there. Like fully knowing he's not going to go. He's going to go to Bloodfest. Blood and he's like, you know, that interview about how horror movies are what is ruining America and everyone because I know that you would never go to Bloodfest. Neither of my children would go to something like that. And Dax <laughs> is like, Dad, come on. He finds out, you know, Dad's got his wristband. He cuts the wristband so Dax can't go. So Dax oh. is like totally bummed. He's at work. He's kind of just like, oh, man, like this is the one thing I was looking forward to. And my dad sucks. And uh, his friend, Sam, who's played by Seychelle Gabrielle, who if any of you are Legend of Korra fans, she is the voice of Asami. That's Korra's girlfriend. <laughs> um, and Jacob Batlon, who is Ned from the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. He uh, he plays Krill. So they're like Dax's two best friends. And it's kind of funny because the kid who plays Dax has a vaguely Tom Holland look to him. <laughs> so it just sort of feels like Peter and Ned trapped in a horror movie. They're basically just like, dude, like, don't let your dad ruin your life. We know Ashley could probably get us in. And he's like, I hate Ashley. She's literally never seen any movie ever. She thought 28 Days Later was, like, about, like, a menstrual period. And, like, this girl sounds terrible. And so he calls her and, like, essentially is, like, begging, like, can you please get me in? And she is, like, an up-and-coming actress. She's in horror movies. But she's, like... The actress in horror movies who is like, yeah, I played naked girl number three. Oh, okay. You know, so not to diminish that. <laughs> we need those people in horror movies. We need actresses like that. So Ashley gets them in basically because she is dating a director whose name is Lenjamin Kane. And he is just like a pretentious douchebag director. Like he's wearing a fedora. He has a jean jacket. He's got like a, an infinity scarf on. He keeps hitting a vape. And he's played by Nick Rutherford from Good Neighbor, which is a sketch group. Um, if anybody watches Saturday Night Live, uh, Kyle and Beck, who were on Saturday Night Live, Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney, are also part of Good Neighbor. And they have a sketch that I highly recommend that is like the toast. It's ridiculous. It's super long. It's super funny. I've made Beth watch it before. That's on YouTube. And so um, Lenjman essentially gets them in, but it's just like, why is this like D-bag in here? He doesn't even like my movies. Hmm. And they are like on their way in. Krill sees like a hot girl in like a mini skirt and like black fairy wings and is like, oh my God, amazing. I'm in love. I'm going to marry her. Um, they see this character, Roger Hinckley, who played a character called the Arborist in the horror movies of this world, which is like kind of like the Freddy Krueger character. So okay. Okay. they meet him and he just like sucks. <laughs> like he hates horror movies. They ask him to do like his tagline and he won't do it. And he's like, I've never even watched the movies. They're trash. And so this is like essentially we met like Robert Englund and he would just like sucked. Yeah, which is the opposite. I know. He's He's, like the sweetest dude ever. so nice. (laughs) Yeah. He, so he's there and they go to like the main stage. And this, this whole 
event is organized by a horror film director who's like really well known and he essentially is like enjoy yourselves we've got like sections of the park they are like the locations from every horror movie that is like of any import so like there's a creepy cabin in the woods there's like a scary like tombstone graveyard there's like a carnival section with like clowns there's like there's a high school so he's like enjoy yourselves go through um but why did I do this you know it's because horror movies are overconsumed and overproduced and what was forbidden and dangerous and we took it and made it common so don't you want to make horror movies scary again and everyone's like yeah and so he's like well I have a new killer to introduce to you this is red and so this like scary killer jumps out with like knives and a bread mask and they're like very agile and he invites people to come up and meet red and so the two girls in the fairy wings go up and he's just like all right are you ready for red to kill you and they're like okay and red like slits their throats and they just like fall over and everyone's like is that real is that not real i don't know that's pretty cool and they like cheer and then there's like a line of people with chainsaws at the front of the stage who start revving it and he's like great let's start making the movie and they start moving into the crowd with the chainsaws and there are like people getting cut in half like vertically and there's blood flying everywhere the the gruesome deaths aptly aptly named blood fest gruesome deaths um and it becomes clear very quickly that it, it is real this is a bad idea and then the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out how to survive and he warns he's like if you know snuff film essentially (laughs) if you know the rules of horror movies you just might make it out alive and there this is where it becomes like very like yeah meta horror we know horror movies we know all the rules and um like very quickly like sam is just like don't go towards the exit like we gotta go the other direction because it's gonna bottleneck and we're just gonna be sitting ducks and there's like a, a vlogger who's like, I'm running, it's real. And she like gets <laughs> murdered like while she's vlogging, which is very funny. There's like a couple of like good old boys who are like, I got my gun. And like they just get cut in half and like lose their heads. Um, they kind of find a safe place to wait for a moment. They catch up with Ashley and her douchebag boyfriend. And he's trying to call 911 and like nobody can really get a signal. And Ashley tells them, like, wait, when I got here this morning and nobody was here, I was, like, outside of this weird warehouse and there was a door and that's how I came in. But it was back past, like, the creepy carnival stuff. So if we can get there, we can go out through that door. So that's their game plan. And in the meantime, the director gets on 911 and he's just like, hey, like, we're here at Bloodfest. Uh like this is like a psychopath here you need to send the police you need to send everything um send like uh emergency help for like one because i'm a very important hollywood director and like doesn't care about the rest of them and um they realize that like the pass to get in has a microchip and krill's like hey if you can get me to that door i can like hack that i'm a good like i'm a i'm a video game guy i'm a computer guy get me to the door I can get that pass and we can get out of here so that becomes their mission and they have to cross through like all of the creepy sections and then it gets very like call back to other horror um when they're going through like the creepy graveyard 
uh, Jacob's character is just like, don't chant anything in Latin. Don't be alone with a doll. Don't get naked. These are the rules. And then, like, the director's just like, you guys are idiots. Like, what, you think that he got corpses? Where do you even get corpses? Like, there's not zombies here. And then, even if he did get corpses, like, they're dead. You can't make zombies. And he's like, there's no such thing as zombies. And they all, like, look around immediately. <laughs> and nothing happens. And he's like, what? And they're like, well, that's usually when something happens. So, um, there's, like, a nice George Romero line during all of that. Um, later when they are like moving through a different section of the woods they get separated oh no and uh jacob's character comes up on he's like running panic through the woods and then all of a sudden you hear somebody once (laughs) told me and it's just like a campfire of dude bros and like really hot women standing around and there's something so comforting about (laughs) all-star like R.I.P. Steve Harwell. Like, if I heard that movie, I would immediately, or not movie, if I heard that song, I would immediately feel better in that situation. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, there's like just a bunch of drunk guys here. Like, you guys know this is real, right? Like, you got to get out of here. And he's like, dude, it's a haunted house. Um, And like, one of the women comes up and talks to him. And she's got like this vaguely Eastern European accent. And like, you get the idea that she's probably a vampire. And she's like, yes, you know, it'd be so easy to get. You know, like women from Europe, promise them good jobs in America, bring them here, file their teeth to make them sharp, uh, infect them with a chronic case of a disease that makes them sensitive to sunlight and, you know, makes them perpetually thirsty for blood. And he's just like, oh, that's really weird. I mean, you know, thank God I'm a virgin because I'm probably going to survive this. And she's like, oh. The innocence. Oh, leave. And he's like, well, but no, I really like you. She's like, no, go. And so he like walks away. He's like, God, I'm so bad with girls. Um, they There's like a whole thing where Zachary Levi plays himself in this movie. And like the Ashley girl is really stupid about Tangled. And he's like, you've never seen a movie ever, but you know Tangled. This is so dumb. There is a huge fight near the end of the movie that feels like a made for a TV sci-fi movie with the two groups involved. Like think of the two most unlikely groups of like horror movie killers fighting each other (laughs) (laughs) and it's so that's great uh at one point there's like a zombie hitting a vape which like cracks me up and then the reveal of the killer big bad like really like twists all of this and then becomes even more meta horror because they bring up the point that like all horror movies end one of three ways either one person survives nobody survives or like a third thing and they're like what's the third thing they're like well let's find out (laughs) and so there's like a very twist ending it did kind of end in a way that like they probably could have made a sequel if they wanted I hope they don't because I feel like it won't be as good as this the fights are great there's a lot of great one-liners because it's meta horror there's like lots of great references to classic horror movies in it that was my favorite of the ones i recommended and i am going to end on one of my absolute favorite horror movies which is trick or treat and it's from 2007 and it is a american anthology horror comedy that's how it's described on wikipedia but it's directed written and directed by michael doherty um 
produced by Brian Singer. It took two years for this to like get like actually out. And I, I do remember this coming out because I worked at our local retail chain in the video department. And I remember renting out this DVD and I, it wasn't a popular DVD because we only got two copies of it as opposed to like getting 10 copies of like a popular movie, which is so funny to like describe now. Um, and I remember like sleeping on this one. I was like, Oh God. And you know, I was watching true blood at the time Anna Paquin's in this Dylan Baker's in this, uh, Brian Cox is in this. So you got some bigger heavy hitters. And I was like, I, this sounds silly. I slept on it. I could kick past Beth in the butt a little bit and be like, Beth, no, you're going to you're going to love this movie. Yeah, I think I just wasn't ready mentally to love this yet. So this movie's set in a small town in Ohio. Um and it feels very much like it could be Circleville <laughs> or like down near like Ohio University uh, in Athens. Yeah. But uh, it takes place in Warren Valley and it's uh, essentially an anthology. So it's a series of interconnected stories with the recurring character of Sam, who looks like a little boy dressed in kind of a burlap outfit like a orange onesie carrying a sack and he's got a burlap like mask on and he's described as like a demon i consider him just kind of a an entity of halloween like he's childlike he does trick-or-treating he asks you to obey the rules like so pass out candy to trick-or-treaters check your candy you know kind of very basic things dylan baker plays this like really creepy kind of serial killer-esque uh, character and he gets his comeuppance in it. Anna Paquin plays in it. I won't say what she plays in, but there's there's werewolves in this movie. There's my favorite scene is it ties in. There's a legend of this bus driver driving this bus of troubled children into we're all wearing Halloween outfits into this quarry and so these kids try to prank this girl who's like really into Halloween down at the quarry but then the in trying to trick her uh because she's like such a this nice girl in trying to trick her they get kind of punished by these ghosts of these troubled children it's just visually it's stunning there's Halloween like jack-o'-lanterns all over the place the stories, as I said, are interconnected. So you see the characters popping in one scene and popping out of another scene. And then you see how it all kind of ties together. Brian Cox plays this really great, like, old man next door. So Dylan Baker lives next door to him. So they replay the scene that you see Dylan Baker's in his backyard. And then you hear Brian Cox on the other end. And then, like, later in the movie, uh, Brian Cox is, like, you see what Brian Cox is doing on yeah, the other side. You get the different perspectives. Yes. And it's just, it's such a good movie. And it's got such a cult following. And, like, you see so much of, like, memorabilia and stuff now because it's so beloved. And I there's talks of, like, sequels. There's talks of no sequels. They have comic books and stuff written of it, of, like, side stories. But all of the stories do have kind of a what I would call Tales from the Crypt kind of endings where like people get their comeuppance. Yeah. Like, it's kind of violent and like Sam represents both the spirit of Halloween of like the mischief of it, of like the good clean mischief, but also of like 
the scary mischief of like this is what happens if you don't obey the rules of Halloween. Yeah. They're all kind of cautionary tales, but it is unclear who they are cautionary for. Yes. And that's why I think everybody likes it too. Yeah. So it's it is well worth a watch. It's one of my favorite <laughs> horror movies. I look forward to watching it each year. As I said, like I aspire to have that many jack-o'-lanterns in my in my front yard, but It'll never happen because I don't have the time nor the energy nor the pumpkin money to be buying and carving a bunch of pumpkins. May we all have that kind of pumpkin money. Yes. (laughs) Not you, Jeff Bezos. Not you, Elon Musk. So, yeah, those are our horror movies. I, I hope you guys are interested in them. I hope if you haven't seen them and you're interested in some you get to watch them if you know you have seen all of them it's just like a rekindling of like yes i agree like or if like you have a movie that we didn't mention that you're like oh my god how did you forget this movie like let us know uh we'd love that interaction with you tell us in you know comments or uh dm us i guess yeah on, on instagram uh you know let us know what you think absolutely and uh yeah enjoy your your spooky uh halloween viewings may you eat all of the mellow cream pumpkins if that's your jam if you hate that in candy corn i'm a little sad but um you know find your good snacks that's right get your hot cocoa or hot apple cider or your pumpkin beer or your 19 crimes halloween wine that i definitely didn't drive like three cities away to go to the only target (laughs) who had it to buy it when i bought my um 40 dollar tumbler (laughs) But yeah, uh, enjoy your spooky movie viewings. And thank you for listening to us. Uh, as again, we are the Lake Erie Library, and we want to thank our generous donator. Yes. <laughs> our benevolent benefactor. Yeah, these are way better. We're getting there. We're someday getting we're there. gonna like really hit a good one, and it's gonna stick. But um, yes, thank you as okay. always. And. Uh, you can listen to us where podcasts are available again you can find us on instagram at lake erie library we post um like a show synopsis with each new episode and we try to give you some visuals if we talked about something we think you should see so we're probably gonna have a lot of movie stills for this one and um yeah please comment on there we would love to hear from you about anything unless you're going to be mean and then i hope (laughs) sam finds you (laughs) and once again happy halloween and stay spooky friends